Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. So um, I'm excited to share with you today, uh, as we get started in the 40 Days of Community, uh, this is a devotional book. To remind you, today is day one of the devotional reading. I haven't even done it yet. I've, uh, I haven't read it yet, so it's going to be uh, later today when I do this. I mean, I've, I've looked at it, but I haven't done my processing devotional time with it. So if you haven't started, you're fine. You're good. You'll catch up today. They're short readings. It's great. Grab a book on the way out. Uh, order one online if you want as well. Today we're going to uh, just kind of kick off this 40 Days of Purpose. Or, <laughs> we did 40 Days of Purpose last year, and this year I might say 40 Days of Purpose again, but this year is 40 Days of Community. And we're going to introduce it in this way, why we need each other. So community is, is, is where we come together with a common purpose. We're, uh, there's something common among us that unites us as a group. As a church, that common purpose has to be Jesus. That, that's why we're united as a family and it's one of the reasons why the Christian faith is the most diverse faith in the world, because it's not culturally bound. It is bound on the, the one true God. It's not a Jewish religion. It's not a, uh, any other culture religion. It is the religion of the one true God, and it spans every culture because of God's love for the world and not just for a specific sect of people. So why do we need each other? Because some of us are like, I don't know, I'm pretty good on my own. I don't really need a lot of people. I don't need people in my life. And I think we should um, understand that God has designed us. Last year, we looked at 40 Days of Purpose. And 40 Days of Purpose was like, what on earth am I here for? What is the purpose for life? And we covered five purposes, and you'll see those refreshed in this study too. We're not going away with those, but community is built on those five purposes. But this is more like, what on earth are we here for? So it's not focused on me, Daniel, but it's like collective, the church. Why are we here? And so why do we need each other? Well, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 5, he says, since we, all are, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. And so one of the things about your faith in Christ is God has not designed for you to do this alone. He's designed for you to live in community with one another. We need one another. Every one of you is important to the mission of God. We all play different roles. We're all ministers of the gospel. We may not all be pastors or elders or teachers in the church, but we're all ministers of the gospel. If we belong to Christ, we need each other. So I'm going to give you five reasons today, uh, and you can follow along with me on that. And uh, five reasons why we need each other. Let's answer that question. Number one. I need others to walk with me. Why do I need people? I need other, need other people to walk with me. If you look at the scriptures, there's a lot of times where this word walk is used uh, to walk worthy, uh, to walk in life. It, it, it's used quite a bit. It's important for us to realize that the Christian faith is not a, a sprint. 
It's a marathon. And when we go through life, we're walking through, and I know you're supposed to run in a marathon, <laughs> but uh, I would walk if I had to run one because <laughs> I'm not in good enough shape to run a marathon. But it, Christian life is like a, more of a journey, a walk that you go through, and you're going to have you know, highs and lows. You're going to have peaks and valleys in life, and what we need is one another to go through those together. And uh, one of those the, in Colossians where it talks about walking, uh, it says, Just as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. And so we're called to also walk with Jesus through this, that He's with us. And have, have you ever like gone somewhere and felt exposed or vulnerable and like, I don't feel like this is a safe spot for me right now. I need to get out of here. Uh, so you maybe call someone while you're on the phone or, or you're just like, I wish somebody was here with me. I would feel more safe. In, in Christian life, I think um, it's really important for us to realize how powerful Jesus is so that we know that when He's with us, that he, he wins every battle that he's in. He doesn't lose. And so if we're walking with him, if we're having communion with Christ, if we're living in fellowship with him in a powerful way, that's going to give us a great power in life. And so to walk in Christ, you're not designed to live life alone, uh, apart from God. God doesn't save you and say, okay, go prove your love for me and, and go out there and come back and report. He says, no, come to me and let's walk and go through this together. And the same thing's for the church. A healthy church walks with one another. We live with one another. We commune with one another. And even in uh, the Genesis, we see when God created uh, Adam and Eve, He said, it's not good for man to be alone. And He wasn't just talking about explicitly Adam, like that boy's not going to make it. He needs a, a wife. You know, it wasn't just that. But it was just like they need to have this communion. Mankind, they need one another. And it doesn't necessarily mean marriage either. There are lots of single people uh, in our church even, uh, what is it called when you do uh, the percentages? Well, anyway, what? I don't know. We're going to just move forward. But there are <laughs> exponential, whatever. There's a lot of single people compared to married people in our church. And so sometimes we think, well, I have real communion with people in marriage, and that's kind of the goal. But no, the goal of, of, of our life isn't to be married. The goal is to have communion with Christ. And the goal is to have communion with one another. And we can do that outside of marriage just as easily as you can inside of marriage. Um, and so it's not good for any of us to be alone. He says, let us not give up the habit in uh, Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. And so this is really important because it is ha habit that we must form to get together. And COVID has rocked that habit, right? I mean, we've gotten together virtually, and I know, I, I think we're all kind of zoom, zoomed out, ready. We're ready to get back together in person. We're looking forward to that day. And so God is, is telling us we need to form the habit of encouraging one another, to get together regularly and encourage one another. And so uh, also on your outline, you can fill in this blank too. So community is God's answer to loneliness. It's God's answers to loneliness. That's what He wants us to have together is community because if we're not, we're isolated and we will find ourselves lonely. And so he says in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, uh, When you gather each one of you, be prepared with something useful for everyone, for all people. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. And so I was thinking about this. I'm like, we don't really do that. This Sunday morning is not the time for that, is it? Like I don't just say, hey, somebody start singing a song for us. You know, somebody, somebody, you know, read a poem to us, right? And so this is church on Sunday morning isn't where community happens. 
a form of it happens. We see each other, but community happens in small groups. It's just one of the things that we're focusing on on Monday nights as we come together uh, as a smaller group, and we're able to talk across the table and, and get into each other's lives and, and provide insight for one another as well. And so he continues on the next verse. He says, take your turn with no one person taking over. That way you all learn from each other. So true community is you are contributing to that community. And I think one of the things that we have, we struggle with in our, not necessarily our church, isolated, our small church, whatever, but just in general with Christianity, is we think we have to be an expert in things in order to contribute. Uh, I think the access to the internet is like, I mean, it's so easy to like fact check someone, you know, and, and say, well, that's actually not correct. And so we're like, well, I shouldn't talk until I know everything. But community is like uh, investing into people's lives and encouraging one another. That's the goal of it. It's not to come together to be the expert. It's to encourage one another and to build one another up. And so we need each other to walk with each other. And Ephesians chapter 4 says that each part does its work. And the part here is, is you. This is the, the body of Christ. It's not like uh, this, okay, the church offices and, and, and the people in the church that may be considered the leadership. Each part is, is you. It's me. We do our work. And as we do our work, it helps the other parts grow. So Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of what? Love. This is what community is built on. It is the love of Christ. So the first thing is, I need others to walk with me. The second one is this. I need others to work with me. I need others to work with me. So God made us to do good works. He didn't make us, um, and we don't come to God through our good works, but He redeems us and calls us out of darkness into life, from death to, out of darkness into light, out of death into life. And He does that so that we would do good works. And so we need each other to work with each other. So uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, God made us to do good works, which He planned out in advance for us to live our lives doing. So God has planned out things that He wants for you to do in your life, and He's inviting you into a communion with Him and communion with the church in order to see those things come to pass. Uh, and as far as working together, I mean, two people, in Ecclesiastes 4, it says two people are better than one, because they get more done by working together. Which leads us to this. Community in your outline. Community is God's answer to fatigue. It's easy to, to be fatigued and feel like I have too much to do. I struggle asking people to do things. And I am robbing people of an opportunity to to serve the church when I try to do everything myself. And the same would go for you in your life. If you're trying to do everything yourself, then you're, you're robbing other people from contributing. And so community is God's answer to fatigue. I don't know if you've heard of the um, um, Mother Teresa syndrome. Have you heard of this before? So Mother Teresa kind of gets the, the name because she, like, she, she, she did everything, right? She was the, one of the greatest, um, uh, I don't know, philanthropy or whatever, but servants in, in, in the history of the world. But she had a lot of people working with her. And so sometimes what we do is we think, oh, I have to do everything. I have to, to be everything to everyone. And that's going to create a, a fatigue that's going to really draw, drag us down. And so community working together is God's answer to battle fatigue. And so every time we get the chance in Galatians 6, it says every time we get the chance, 
Let's work together for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. So we're to be working together in the community of faith and expanding from there. But start there with the people closest to us. So I need others to work with me. That's why we need each other. The third reason is this. I need others to watch out for me. I need others to watch out for me. We all have blind spots, don't we? But we can't, They're called blind spots because we can't see them, but other people can. And it's not just blind spots where we are blind to the sin in our lives, but it can also be blind spots to where we're missing out on u- utilizing our strengths. We need people to watch out and say, hey, you're really gifted in this. I really see God's hand on you in this area. And so this is a counter-cultural um, tenet or, 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 or principle to live by. That's the word I want to say. It's a countercultural principle. And here it comes from Philippians chapter 2. It says, look out for one another's interest, not just for your own. That's not what the world says. The world says go out and, and establish your kingdom to advance at the expense of others. To, to, to increase your margins, whether it hurts someone or not. And so it's talking about building yourself up. And so Paul is right here writing and he's saying, no, 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 that's not God's plan. God's plan is to, to look out for each other's interests, to care about your life, to know that what I do is important and it affects you and that your business is my business. And not in the like, you know, gossipy way, like I want to know everything about your business. But it's like your, your life and what happens to your life, it matters to me. I need others to watch out for me, and we need others to watch out for us. It says, uh, keep being concerned in Hebrews about each other as the Lord's followers should. And so this is not something that you can kind of flip a switch and say, okay, now I'm always going to care. So no, keep on doing this. You have to make yourself do this because a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. But three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now one of the things I like about this verse is it always reminds me of Jesus being that third cord. That me and you plus Jesus, that's, that's not going to be broken. When we work together with Christ working with us, we'll see some great things done and we will not be defeated. We will have victory. And so community is God's answer to In your outline, defeat. Community has us come together. It's God's answer to defeat. We will watch out for one another. We will not walk defeated. And why won't we walk defeated? That's because if either of us falls down, because we're going to fall down, aren't we? Say, say, yep. 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 (laughs) We're going to fall down. Um, We're going to make mistakes. But the thing about community isn't about us living perfectly together. It's about us loving one another perfectly, with Christ's perfect love. And when we fall down, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I don't remember the whole detail. I probably should have researched this. But there was a a hiker, I think in Utah, but somewhere in the Rockies, I'm pretty sure. And he was by himself an expert climber, and he got pinned under a rock. Did you hear about this guy? And he he was stuck. His arm was pinned under it. And he had two choices. He could either take his arm off and walk out or, or, or die. And he was by himself. If he had some with him, someone with him, he could have gotten out of that situation. And so he had to he actually amputated his own arm and then walked out of there. It was a miraculous story, but also tragic. 
And so how horrible it is for us to go through life thinking, we have to do this alone. That is such a lie. I want to encourage you that if you have struggles or weaknesses or, or reasons, whatever they are, that you don't want to, to get in true community with someone uh, because you feel like you're going to be alone or isolated in those things, you are not alone and isolated. When we start talking and we start sharing things with one another, we'll find out we are much more connected than we realized. That a lot of us struggle with some of the same things. It may look a little differently, but the principle, the heart issue is much the same. So we are here for one another to pick one another up. We need to each other to walk out, to watch out for us. Not walk out. That's a different one. I conflated there. Yeah. We need to walk out on each other. All right, so here we go. Number four, I need others to wait and weep with me. I need others to wait and weep with me. We go through difficult times in life. Some of those valleys are really low. I still remember uh, being at the bedside with Sean, and I know some of you just know Sean. Some of you are new. You don't remember him. Uh, but he died a few years ago. He's part of our church, and I was there with him holding his hand as he died. And it was a, 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 a dark, but at the same time, um, a life-transformative moment to be there when someone passed from my hand to, to Jesus's. It was very impactful. And praise God, he didn't go through that by himself. His wife, Blake, didn't go through that by himself. We as a church with our friend and our brother in Christ dying, we didn't go through that by ourselves. We need each other to wait and to weep with one another. Sometimes we weep while we wait. Sometimes we're in the moment right now. Like We need answers now for problems in our lives, but we don't have them yet. We, yes, we know the victory is won, but right now we're, we're not experiencing those, those uh, issues being resolved that we need to have resolved. And so we need people to wait and to weep with us. And uh, Peter talks about this. He says, you should be like one big family, just full of sympathy toward each other. Like, hey, if I'm, gonna, I'm not going to judge you. Like, that's, that's not what Connection Church or any church should be about. Like, I'm going to judge you. Connection Church in our Community should be on like, I am whatever you are or whatever you're struggling with, wherever you are, I'm going to have sympathy for you, love for you, because you're family. You, you belong here. And it says, if one member suffers, then all suffer together. So when we go through things together, we feel that community. We have sympathy for one another. And so community, if you're in your outline here, is God's answer to despair. Community keeps us from going down the road to despair. It keeps us from, from falling through the cracks. It keeps us from going where we shouldn't go uh, mentally and even physically. It, if we have a vibrant community, it can help pull us up and encourage us because that's built on the love of God. And so Romans chapter 12 says, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I've, I've felt, felt this in 2020. I think... Uh, there were some people that during the, during the pandemic, they were like, I feel kind of guilty because this has actually been a really good year. Uh, but I can't really feel like free to rejoice. And I was like, well, I'll rejoice with you. I'll celebrate these things with you. And so you, you don't have to. I mean, if we only wept because of the destruction on or not just destruction, but the, the difficult things, the, the tragedies on earth, we would weep all the time because right now there's tragedy all over the world, right? And so we need to feel the freedom to be happy and rejoice with those who rejoice. And we also need to feel that freedom to say when people are weeping, we don't try to pull them out of weeping into happiness. 
we weep with them. I, I try with Carrie a lot. She comes to me, and I've gotten a lot better, trust me. But she'll, she'll come to me, and she'll start telling me a problem. And I used to almost always try to fix it in the moment. And what she needed was just someone to listen and to, to know that she's being heard. Because most of the time, she knows the right answer. She just needs to process it. And so we need to weep with those who weep. And um, as we go through this 40 days of community, I think one of the things that I see as a highlight for us is, is the emphasis of prayer in our church. And so one of the things that we think of, like when we're in a small group or when you're having dinner or heart-to-heart with, uh, with your friends and your family, one of the things that when, when you have people share things with you and they start to cry... That is a sign for you to pray for them. I mean, how, how great is it for you in that moment when they're crying to say, hey, let me just pray for you. And Lord Jesus, I just I lift them up to you and I pray that you would comfort them and, and just pray for them in that moment. That is a, a powerful thing for us to do, to weep and to wail. Uh, to, you know, we can weep and wail at certain times for sure, but, but to weep with someone, to pray with someone, to have sympathy for them, because if one suffers, we all Suffer. Be happy with those and uh, weep with those who weep. And the final one for this one is encourage one another and strengthen one another. That's your goal. Your goal isn't to solve each other's problems. Sometimes God will allow that to where we'll be the one who can have a breakthrough and say, hey, actually I was praying and here's the solution. But our goal isn't to be people's hero. We're not trying to be Mother Teresa to everyone. We're not trying to be the hero of the story. Jesus is the hero. And so what we do is we continue to point people to Jesus and we pray with them, we encourage them, and we strengthen one another with our community. And the final fifth one is this. Number five, why do I need each other? Why do I need others? It's because I need others to witness with me. To witness with me. So this witnessing part is to kind of like your testimony for other people. I, I want others to know Christ, and God has called me to be a witness it doesn't necessarily mean I have to go out and street preach or street evangelize, but God has called all of us to be witnesses, and we need one another to do that. And the reason is because Jesus said in John chapter 13, He said, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Any of you ever struggled with wondering, how do I share my faith with someone who's Muslim or Jewish or, or Mormon or, or, or some other faith? How do I share that with them in a way that would help them see that Jesus is the truth? Because they have all these you know, books or all these tenets of the faith. They have all these facts that they believe or, uh, you know, their faith is built upon. So how do I combat that and, and kind of witness to them? One of the greatest things that, and probably the greatest asset we have as a church is not apologetics. Apologetics isn't me saying I'm sorry. You know that, right? Apologetics is like defending the faith. Why we believe what we believe. Like, why do you believe this? Well, apologetics gives the answers for that. And that's great. There are good resources for us to figure those things out. But ours goes deeper than that. It's how we love one another. People see and experience the love of Christ. And they are drawn to that. And that's how the Holy Spirit moves. And Jesus said, your love for one another will prove to other people that you are my disciples, my followers. 2 Timothy, Paul writes, The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. And so this is like when we go out and about and we're around people. We don't have to be timid of other people, but be wise, be strong, 
and to love them. Enjoy being with them as much as you can. Uh, enjoy your time with them and not be afraid. That God does not give us a spirit of timidity and, and fear, but power. And so the answer, your final one on the outline, God's answer to fear is community. If you and I are together, we're stronger together. Somebody in this room is the smartest person. I'm not going to make any guesses, but the smartest person in this room right here is not as smart as them plus one other person in this room. We are smarter, we are stronger, we are better when we're together. That's kind of what this series is about, that we're better together. When we work together, we are a better person and we are a better people as well. Philippians, Paul says, you are working together and struggling side by side to get others to believe the good news. So when we do that, when we work together, when people see us loving one another, when people see how we work together to see things happening in our church, in our neighborhood, uh, to, to help improve others' lives, people will start to believe the good news. They will see that there's hope for them. And so Easter Sunday is the greatest news of all. Easter Sunday is when Jesus shocked the world and he, um, he did exactly what he knew he would do, but the world had no idea. Even his disciples had no idea that this is what he was doing. And he came back and for 40 days, he, he walked with his disciples. He, he talked, uh, taught them things. He, he, uh, he ate some fish, which I, was probably some really good fish. Um, and so it, it was, it was, he was there with them for 40 days. And still when he left after 40 days, they still had a lot of questions, didn't they? And then 10 days after that, God sent the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit that God sent on his disciples, the ones who were with him in the flesh, that same Holy Spirit lives within us and is empowering us to live by this new standard, this new love that God has for us. God loves you, and I want all of you to know you belong here. God has you here for a reason. And we're going to discover that over these next few weeks. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much that you are a God who loves us and invites us into community. I thank you that you are uh, a risen God, a Savior that has come into this um, hopeless world, and you've brought hope in a way that, that truly shocked even those who were closest to you. And your work is still going on today through your church. Thank you, Lord, that you're not asking us to go out and do things on our own. Thank you that you are with us. And Lord, I thank you for every person who's here. And I thank you that we are together in this. That when we look around, we can see these people love me. These people are here for me. These people are family. This is my family. And I want your love to just reign supreme in our church, Lord. I pray that it will, that you would just break down any barriers we may have and that you would fill us to overflowing with your spirit. We bless you, Lord Jesus.